0: Welcome back to another edition of the Fried Egg podcast. Today's episode is powered by TD Ameritrade. Every stroke counts on the scorecard and every penny counts in the market. That's why TD Ameritrade is committed to straightforward pricing with no surprises so you're free to swing so you're free to swing with confidence. Visit tdameritrade.com/friedegg. Member SIPC. Today, I'm excited. Uh, We've got the first part of a two-part podcast with Ryan French. If you guys are unfamiliar with Ryan, he is the man behind the popular Monday Q Info Twitter account that covers all of the Monday qualifiers, all of the mini tours, and just kind of uh, he has his pulse on all the obscure stories and golf, all the guys that inches away and, and... a bounce here, a bounce there, away from uh, being on the PGA tour. So Ryan was uh, more than generous with his time. He came by, uh, and uh, we recorded about an hour and a half of audio here. So we'll we're gonna split this up into two parts. Uh, part one's gonna be a- about Ryan and how he started Monday Q. Info. I'm for those that don't follow on Twitter yet, I highly recommend. There might not be a better run Twitter account on the internet. It's at a case of the golf one. That's at a case of the golf one on Twitter, Monday Q info. So here's part one about how we started Monday Q info and uh, his life and uh, a little bit about some of the stories surrounding Monday Q info to date. And then part two, we kind of zero in on U.S. Open sectional qualifiers and a little bit about some of the guys that you may never have heard of that got through. I think it's the the soul of the U.S. Open. So part two will be up later this week. Here's part one. Enjoy.
1: I miss a green, for example. I'm already upset. When I find my ball in the bunker, I'm really upset. And when I find my ball in a fried egg. Fried egg. The dreaded fried egg. Fried egg. Fried egg. Fried egg. Fried egg. Fried egg. Lie. I'm about ready to run off the golf course.
0: You're caddying the Monday Monday Q at
1: Stonewall Orchard here in Chicago. Exactly. And uh, we're standing on the tee with like three groups, and um, I didn't want to interrupt the players or anything or tell them who I was, so I was just like, I'm Ryan. And CD goes, tell them what you really do. And I was like, oh, I'm the guy who runs the Monday Q info uh, Twitter. And every player was like, oh, my God. <laughs> and I was like, I just – it was very like surreal because I just don't have a way of knowing like the people it reaches. So it was like, it was crazy. It was pretty crazy.
0: It's wild when like people know who you are. Yes,
1: exactly. Yeah.
0: Like you, you know, you had no intention of this becoming this, right? Like (laughs) I'm
1: just a dude that happened to stay at home and with his son. And now I like a very surreal moment was uh, Sean McKeel got through a Monday qualifier and I'm interviewing him in between giving my kids a bath. And I was like, when I started this account, did I ever think that I would be talking to a major champion in between giving my kids a bath? And it was, it was like, it was like, there's some surreal moments that's, that stands out for sure.
0: How, how did, uh, it all get started? Like why, where, what was going on in life? why, why Monday
1: qualifiers, like in in mini tours? Yeah. So, um, I, I've been in the restaurant business my whole my whole life, um, and our son has some health issues. Uh, had a brain surgery. Uh, has had two brain surgeries, and so it was, um, it was we lost our long term nanny, and so our new nanny wasn't very good, <laughs> to be quite frank, and I decided to just stay home. And, uh, so from there it was really something to do. So I didn't have to watch cartoons all day. And, um, so I've caddied, uh, after college, I caddied on, uh, mini tours with my dad. My dad and I used to take a yearly trip or, um, two trips a year and go caddy on a mini tour. So like Canadian tour, e-golf, golden bear, Hopkins, I mean, I there's a bunch. What a tradition with your with your. It pops. was crazy. <laughs> yeah, there was. I mean, there's some stories from that. Uh, like our tent blew away at a Hooters event. Oh, I mean, we had some crazy stories. How how did this tradition start? So I found a Canadian tour. I was like, hey, Dad, maybe we can caddy on a pro tour. I had no, uh, like no real understanding of how it worked, and so. I can, this is pre McKinsey tour. Uh, this is like just a Canadian tour. And, um, so I, I, we I lived in the Detroit area. And so I sent a message to the caddy master at a, at a Canadian tour event. And they were like instantaneously emailed me back. He's like, yes, we'd love it. Getting to know, like going there and finding out was like 15 year old kids and no one who had any golf knowledge, people were just ecstatic to have anyone who knew like where to stand once the you know once you pulled the flag so that's how it started and we just made it a tradition and i think i've caddied on 12 mini tours i think i think i know i've caddied on three that stopped playing players i know that what
0: what was the uh who's the most famous guy that you carry for before they
1: were famous um i mean ryan yip would be probably i caddied for adam bland who's a pretty obscure name but you know plays in asia and um i mean a lot of guys so i i caddied for ryan for for most of those years once we got connected um let's see down in uh i don't i mean not anyone really that's made it (laughs) Maybe it's my cat. Oh, shit. Now that, now that I look back on that, maybe it's, yeah, maybe it's me. Um, I mean, bunch of, but you see a ton of guys. I mean, like Joel Damon and all those guys were out there. I mean, everybody was, I mean, a lot of really good players came through Canadian Hooters. I mean, Hooters, I remember catting in a Monday qualifier of a Hooters event. And the Monday qualifier was, like, full. I mean, it was 100 players. The Hooters tour used to be, like, the thing the thing yeah i mean chad campbell gave up a web membership to come back and play for a hundred thousand dollar bonus on the hooters tour i mean it was unreal if you look at those money lists they're crazy so is the trip still going on or is it over no so my dad's older
0: um he can't he doesn't go the full he he, he doesn't do the 72 he doesn't
1: do the 72 anymore (laughs) um but has got to get on the minor league tour. Yeah. Get the one Yeah, days. just the one days. <laughs> yeah. With a cart and just <laughs> hand it out. Right. Yeah, so um oh, let's see who did he caddy Oh, he caddied for JC Deacon who just uh just into the RBC. So University
0: of Florida coach. <laughs> yes. Yeah,
1: pretty crazy crazy Monday. I mean, he still plays a lot. He plays on like the mini tours down in Florida on the off season, but I mean, he had a good career, a decent career. I feel like coach. being
0: a college coach is a great way like Mike Small obviously yeah. infamous like I think right. his you know Mike Small's made cut percentage from like a span in the mid-2000s was
1: like second only to Tiger on tour yeah I mean it has to be the guy could obviously dominate if he just stopped coaching yeah. like he could go to the senior two and do pretty much whatever he wants guy rolls out of bed and she's 66 <laughs> yeah he does He's, <laughs> it's like I mean he had to be so mad that the PGA was moved I mean yeah I mean, he would have obviously been there and probably made the cut. So you start this Monday Q. When sure. did you start it? A year ago. One year ago because it, I started it uh, after I caddied at a Monday qualifier. The guy I caddied for a lot uh, when he comes up, and I've hosted a few times, C.D. Hawker Smith was like, dude, you just got to start an account. Like, you know, there's golf nerds out there. But So one year ago I caddied for him and this year, last week was the Monday qualifier for the Evans, or two weeks ago, I guess. So one last year, ago. year was the Rust-Oleum. So yeah, it was like it, a, right. about a year ago today. Yes, yeah, because yep. that
0: was always the that was the week after the sectional qualifier. Yes,
1: exactly, because the Monday was always super light, like there was yeah. no one here. Right. That
0: was always I always said that was the best Monday. Yes, to play in. So this this web event now this yes. week was the best Monday to play. Yes,
1: in. for sure. The BMW one. They, they don't have a Monday. Oh, yeah. So that's why they moved it. Yep. That's probably why they moved it because, um, yeah. Well, up here, I mean, I rem- there was like, like 50 guys for up. six. Yes, yeah.
0: I was I like looked at the scores. I was like, God, I should have played. <laughs> should have
1: played. And trust me, uh, we played with a guy last year that shot 86. We were on the range, and the guy was like hitting scribblers off the end of the range, and we're like, oh, we feel sorry for the whoever's playing with that guy. And <laughs> we walked up to ten, and there he was. With us. So it's brutal. It's uh so you so started went, a year ago. Right. So and like it's become a internet sensation. Like I mean, it's I really have no I keep saying it, like I have no understanding of what it's become. I know it's growing fast. I know I have a lot of players that reach out to me and people have been super awesome. But uh yeah, it was never intended to get this. That was not I, I thought if I had three hundred followers it would be crazy. If I had five hundred, I never even. I honestly didn't think this far ahead. I've never like I never got to this point. If I were and I thought about what the account would become,
0: it's amazing because like you, you know,
1: going from zero,
0: like yes, when you get to like five hundred, you're like, oh, it'd be yeah. so, Imagine what would happen when I have a thousand, right? And then you get there, and then you all yes. of a sudden, and then like you get your next thousand, like yeah. in a day, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like I grow now like by the hundred and i was like i remember being excited about a 10 in a four or five day span you're like oh yes i'm up to 525 followers <laughs> and and then you get to ten thousand, and yeah, it's like oh it's crazy it's, it's
0: it, well i think like you've tapped into something and i i am obviously a big believer in this because i think the fried egg serves golf nerds in yes a different right. ass different realm than what you do and i i really appreciate admire and appreciate like you did something different than everybody else is doing, and it's something that golf nerds and I think that you tapped into something like the internet is built to for people to learn and like, and that's yes. a, it. Embrace their inner nerd in a way.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, my my brother used to say like, if you had this much golf knowledge about space travel, you would be on the moon. And i like, he's like, but what good does it do you? And so I always send my updates to my brother, like, hey, I'm at this many followers or whatever, because, I mean. I'm a a true golf nerd, and now I, I guess I have an outlet for it, and people are appreciating
0: it. So, when you were working in the restaurant industry, were you following all this stuff? Yeah, I pretty mean, religiously, yeah, or not as quite as religiously, obviously. Yeah.
1: I mean, obviously, it's gotten more religiously now. But I mean, through caddying, I just met a bunch of guys, so I'd always check up on them, like where they were playing, what they were doing. Mondays was obviously the most um often i'd look at those um but yeah i mean they they i've caddied for guys that are spread out from web to still on the minor league tour or dakota's tour or whatever asia asia golden state (laughs) tour uh yeah i mean they're everywhere um i saw a guy i caddied for a long time ago that mitch tasker who played in a pro-am on the austral asian tour that is just like Out of the blue, I didn't even know he was playing. So, like, I was looking at those things every once in a while, a lot, probably by most people's standards, but not as much as I am now, obviously. And I have the time to do it now. So, um, yeah, I I think it's just, A, you know, like you and I were talking, I, I think it's almost a curse to be very good at a sport, but not Tiger Woods or, you know, Phil Mickelson or those kind of things. I mean, the grind to get to the PGA Tour is something a lot of people just don't know about.
0: Yeah, it's it's definitely the most undercovered aspect of the game. Yeah. Unlike, I think, in a lot of ways, minor league baseball is... A grind that nobody covers really and you know you don't hear about and it's similar in a way i think pitchers and 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 golfers are really similar because like the skill sets they're both non uh, reactionary uh Mm -hmm. activities but at the same time like if you're a minor league baseball player they're traveling you around your lodgings picked up your food you don't have to do anything like these guys
1: out grinding they eat what they kill yeah exactly i mean uh I always tell the story we uh House CD and um uh, Michael Rush and my wife might get mad at me for telling the story but it's quite funny so uh my wife makes them dinner and the chicken had so much salt in it i it was inedible and both these guys are sitting there and eating <laughs> eating this and i was like hey guys you don't have to eat it we're just going to get pizza and they're like oh no anything free i mean i it, perfect example is cd staying at my house last week i mean he literally stayed in a my little pony themed bedroom and that's to save a hundred dollars because you know the trip's going to cost him a thousand if it can cost him eight hundred then he's going to do it i mean and he literally drove my 2011 hyundai elantra around that has the check engine light because it's free and he didn't have to rent a car and so i think that's the side that people just don't see i mean Joel Damon is a perfect example. That guy was had some bad results for a long time on some pretty obscure tours. And I mean, and now he's a millionaire, but the yeah. grind to get there people just don't see.
0: Yeah, I think that's I, And I I find the guys the cult like the way golf is covered is that the top 10 players, top 15 20 players get all the co- all the coverage and the rest of the stories kind of are are heaped aside unless they win like adam long yeah perfect example like nobody knew anything about adam long until he won yeah for the most
1: part right i mean i think you know i've talked to players before and what i say is that the group of grinders is endless right like if 10 of them got injured today, there's 10 more that could replace them that the tour is not going to care about and doesn't have time to market. There's an endless supply of grinders. There's tours all over the world that have awesome players that could easily fill that void. So they don't care. They don't market them. And these guys are like Ed Lord said, you know, we're the 1% of the 1%. And, but they can fill that vacuum in a, in a heartbeat, you know, the, they're just not part of the tour. They don't make the tour any money. They don't make equipment uh, companies any money. They're they're filling a void, but they're amazing golfers. Yeah, and it's
0: it's a different situation than a role player on like a team. Exactly, because a role player on their team, like there's only one singular focus of a of a television coverage, right? on a in a in whether it's baseball basketball football and any fan of that team is going to know the you know offensive guard for their football team because they see him play all the time but these are the guys that never no golf fans ever see play unless
1: they're in in contention exactly and you know i was i just sent a message to justin huber who's injured and it's actually the opposite whereas in a team sport people want you to come back whether you're the 12th man you fill some sort of role on a team whereas Justin Huber or anybody else getting injured actually creates an opportunity for someone that wants your job and so it's it's so different than any other sport because it, you you are once you're gone like Justin Huber outside of his friends i'm sure not people are, like, texting him. He's not part of the camaraderie. No teammates are waiting for him to come back. His role has been filled in a heartbeat in a second. And Do
0: they have, like, a, yeah, I know with, like, the PGA Tour they have medical leave. Like, it,
1: it, does the I, web not have anything? I don't know if they do. I asked Justin that. I, I've sent him a bunch of questions, and he's going to get back to me. So I it was one of my questions because I know the PGA Tour does, but I, I don't know about the web. It's, it's, I, it's something i don't know uh either
0: so it was something that just popped into my mind yeah so you start this thing and it, it blows up like what what is it tracking i mean you cover everything like i didn't even know i'm like a biggest golf nerd <laughs> i didn't even know the outlaw tour existed
1: yeah and outlaw to yeah <laughs> so um so you're tracking
0: every like when i say every tour for those that don't don't follow ryan
1: like he tracks every tour like tours you've never even heard of yeah i mean i i've even found i mean i'm a uh, i'm a golf nerd for sure there's tours that i'm starting to hear about that i didn't know existed but yeah i mean i i try to cover as many tours that i know of that i can yeah the outlaw tour um kind of replaced the gateway tour i mean there's a bunch of tours out out in scottsdale now but outlaws tour is one of them and the scores out there are ridiculous so it makes for good content uh i mean like charlie belgian who you guys know pretty well um i mean shot like 62 63 64 I, that's not exact but it's something like that I, the winner shot 27 under in three rounds
0: it's one of my favorite things is charlie belgian former former pga tour winner
1: yeah yeah,
0: yeah. and uh He's now playing this outlaw tour and, and and he got into he got into what was the opposite field the yeah, Dominican Puerto Rico yeah. Or d- d- yeah Puerto Rico. He and his Twitter profile says former PGA Tour <laughs> yeah, player right. like, he's a former pro golfer and he's like into crypto now. Yeah. But
1: <laughs> yeah, and he made a run last yeah uh this week at sectionals. And he I think he's I don't know if he got an alternate spot. He tied for alternate spot, but I don't know how where he fell uh with the playoff, but yeah, he's into bitcoins now but so is is the u.s open and sectional qualifying
0: like the super bowl of your year i always say the masters is my super bowl right
1: right uh i don't know no i think like probably the honda is probably the super bowl um i mean it's falling a little bit different on the schedule but the honda field was pretty the honda field for the monday is pretty ridiculous i mean this is like the I mean the US Open is very exciting but I if I had to pick a like a Super Bowl of Mondays it would probably be the Honda the Honda is is pretty outstanding <laughs> it is I mean it's too bad that they,
0: they don't get that Monday queue at the Fountains course. Yes. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Boy, Stevie LeBron. <laughs> yeah. nobody right. would
1: even show up. No, they would just, I mean, they would play for five, for, for three spots, you uh-huh. know? <laughs> I mean, they would just be like, okay, Steve's in, and then there's Maybe three more Maybe Sonny spots. Kim. They might give Sonny Kim yeah. a spot, too. Yeah. I mean, the minor league tour guys might just wipe it clean, you know?
0: What's What's your favorite uh, favorite of the mini tours to to cover?
1: Um, I mean the the mini tours are so fractured now. I mean the mini tours used to be really good. You know the Hooters days, the e golf days. I mean, you know I'm following. I'm talking with Matt Ryan who who's on the L A tour. I mean, the he had a what was it? He had that fling of uh,
0: notoriety a couple years ago. I forgot what he did. He did. Yeah, I swear I remember Matt Ryan was like in the news for something. I don't know. I See, this is the way my it. brain works. Yeah, like no, I, remember I these don't know. It's. I have to.
1: I have to find out.
0: I have to ask. Like him. two I'm years ago, something happened with Matt Ryan. It's going to kill me. We're going to find well, we'll out. We'll find out before, and then we'll publish this, and then yeah, we'll <laughs> both get messages. <laughs> right, <about> exactly. It.
1: <laughs> um, so I mean, he played on the e golf tour, and he sent me the the money list. I mean, the money list was four hundred players. And so those those days are over, you know, because of the Canadian Latin American China.
0: That's changed mini tours. Mini all. tours are I mean
1: I we might see the end of what well I think we'll definitely see the end of 54 72 whole mini tour events. I just don't think you'll see a lot of West Florida, you know, mini uh minor league tour, those kind of things, but it's so regionalized now. We'll never see a Hooters as long as the Latin American Canadian. It's because of the guaranteed spots, right? Yeah. I mean, they're all playing for five spots and to skip stages at Q School. So um, It's crazy to me that like the top 10 doesn't get spots. Yeah, so they're changing it next year. Um, they're going to get better status. So the top five get status now uh, automatically, and then top 10 get to final stage, and top 20 get to second stage, I think. So the top five has had crappy besides number one who gets full status two through five have kind of had crappy status. So that changes a little bit next year, but back to your original question, my favorite mini tour, I mean, the minor league tour is pretty tough to, I mean, there's a lot of name. The West Florida tour is really good. It has a lot of like Danny, you know, Daniel Chopra is down there. Uh, they have a lot of names, but mini tours are not what they used to be for sure.
0: Yeah, the minor league tour is crazy because like you'll see in the off season guys PGA tour players playing yes. these one day events. Yes. And like you'll see guys like
1: like we were talking about before we started recording, John Curran Yep. Yeah, I mean he won a mini tour event. I mean he won a minor league tour event. You'll see like Ben Taylor, who won on the on the web last year and was bored in the off season, went and played and won an event, you know, like Kevin Tway plays in the two man, like a ton <laughs> Corey of, Connors. Yeah, plays Corey Connors. I mean, <laughs> that feels like got like ten top hundred FedEx Club points in it. Yeah, uh, the John Carran thing's crazy because two years ago, I think he was in a memorial playoff. Yeah, I mean, he's like the That's what kind of started me is like I would go to these mini tours and I'd be like, oh my god, he's still playing, or like wow i didn't know he was still playing or why i forgot about him or whatever on top of you know i mean i brian davis is a perfect example brian davis plays on the moonlight tour the moonlight tour literally has is 100 bucks cash to tee it up and there's 12 guys sometimes seven guys and there's like Freddie Jakobson plays, Chris Couch plays, Brian Davis plays. I mean, Brian Davis has over 20 million dollars in career earnings and he's playing on the Moonlight tour. So I think he just hit on something with you know guys like
0: Brian Davis, like with the way the tour is now. I think like the youth invasion is partly because of technology. Mm-hmm. Like where it's a different game than it used to be for these guys and I think we're going to see more and more of this where more and more guys are going to be sitting around from 42 to 50 waiting for the Champions Tour. And that's where maybe the mini-tours have, have something.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I definitely, you know, to that point you bring up is, yeah, I definitely see more veterans out there. They don't have a place to play. They don't really want to play web events because it just really financially doesn't make sense. They have a plenty of money. They want a place to play. So Brian Davis plays in... He plays in Monday qualifiers. He's done pretty well this year. And he's at home, and he wants a place to play. It's not about money, obviously, because if you win, you win 300 bucks or $400. Uh, so it's not about money. He just doesn't want – he's not going to chase a web card. He's going to wait for the – he's going to try his best on the limited starts he gets, try to Monday qualify, and get a top 10 and get back in the, in the shuffle – and when he's not, he's going to be at home playing the Moonlight Tour. And, I mean, again, I th- I, I did a stat a long time ago, but it was like a nine-player field, and there was at the Moonlight Tour, and there's like $52 million in P.J. earnings in the field. <laughs> like Chris Couch has a win. <laughs> Brian Davis has a European Tour win. Freddie Jakobson has like two wins. It was like $52 million in a nine-man field or something. It's nuts. It is nuts. That's,
0: it is. I, I, I'll never forget. I've played the minor league tour, and – uh I got paired up with uh, Derek
1: Fathauer. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: He, he, so he he finished like two years before or the year before he finished third, right? On in Q school and uh, and earned his PGA tour card. And then he, I mean he, he got he was young and he. He made like three cuts. I guess yeah. he was like living the life. Oh, and, really? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And and he was back playing on the minor league golf tour, Yeah. yeah. you know, one year later. Yeah. Like this All-American, yeah. like I think three-time All-American at Louisville, yeah. you know, from PGA Tour back to the minor league tour in one year. And that's the, one of the crazy things I think about is like, you know, a guy can have a bad year yeah. on the PGA Tour and have no status.
1: Yeah. Paul Haley, I use him as an example a lot. He's back on the... He's back on the web.com tour. He won like, I don't know the exact stats, but I think he won twice his first year and had like two top, you know, or three more top fives. He had like an unreal year. Went to the PGA tour and did nothing and finished like below 200th in FedEx. And he had to go all the way back to first stage and didn't get through first stage and literally went from one of the best web years in the last 10 years to no status at all virtually had a little web status, but like it's so, I mean, that is again, the side of, and like kind of what the account is about is like people don't realize, I didn't realize until I like really started digging into this stuff, how quickly your status can go away. I mean, you can literally be courtesy cars to minor league tour in a year and a half.
0: It, it's nuts. It's, it's the, and, and like you said, the the side of golf that nobody's, nobody's covering and nobody's talking about. And, and that's like, it's kind of everybody points to like tie tryon. Yep. But there are there are hundreds of tie tryons out there. exactly it just it, they just didn't qualify for the tour at seventeen.
1: Yep. Exactly. I mean, there's a there's a guy that uh got through with sectionals, uh Andreas Hel Helverson. He turned pro at eighteen and hasn't done anything. I mean, he's he's done pretty well on the LA on the Latin American tour, but you know but again it I it's such a it becomes like you go out there, you're an amazing, he was an amazing amateur, came to the United States, like was in a, you know, one of these like camps to, and he turned pro at 18 and he, you know, he can't get through Q school. He's not even close. And it's like, you know, it's the tie try. There's a thousand tie tryons out there mm-hmm. and they're all very good. And there's already players, the 10 years prior's, Titrians are already out there, and that's who you have to beat to to get your card. So, it,
0: it, on my uh, other podcast, the Shotgun Start, Brennan and I have a you know we we tend to latch on to some of these <laughs> mini tour menaces, oh, these right? Legends that just torment mini tours. You know, yes. whether it's Steve LeBrun, Stevie yes. Fountains on the minor league tour. The Wizard Ted Potter back yes. in the day on the Hooters tour was just yes. a prolific winner. Yes, who who are today some of the the most iconic mini tour players that yes. that you feel like they're just they're, they're one good breakaway from from becoming you know a household name.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, from a domination standpoint, Andre Metzger in the in the Dakotas tour. Now he's relatively old, older. He's like thirty four, thirty five. But I mean, he wins, I think there's like 12 Dakotas tours event and he'll win three every year and he'll have like, I mean, he is one of the few guys that can easily make a living playing mini tours. Like (laughs) he's been in the top two or three of the, uh, of the order of merit for like nine years straight. I mean, he just. Goes up there and collects checks. I mean, I think he has like twelve or thirteen wins in five years.
0: Did you ever caddy on the Dakotas Tour?
1: Uh, yeah, once. Yeah, <laughs> that's
0: that's a that's one of the mini tours that
1: interests me the most. Oh yeah, I mean, it, and there was uh, I mean, it was in I, I have to look it up, but I mean, it was in North Dakota in like the middle of a uh, you know nowhere. And, and back in those days, that was the good days of of mini tours. I mean, there was like hundred and fifteen guys. And I mean, there's six hotel six hotels in within twenty miles.
0: And there that like fans come out to those. Oh yeah. Right? Like, I mean, it's like again, the biggest they have, thing that happens in town, right? Yeah.
1: They have no outlet for golf. Like no PGA web anything is gonna ever come close to it. And they're like there's way more fans at a Dakotas tour event than at most web events. I mean, I sent out a picture of the of the web event here. Uh it was Charlie Seifert. Uh, Campos and somebody else they were all in the top 15 in the money list and they literally had zero fans I mean literally not a grandma not a mom not a girlfriend nothing they had zero fans
0: that's I think one of the problem with the web and it, I think one of the things you see and you see it with LPGA you see it with seniors is like going to major me- metro markets like yes. there's so much other stuff to do that people you get lost go. yeah right. And it's like those the smaller tours and even like to a certain extent pga tour events like coming to chicago like you're you're sure you're gonna draw but like he like the solheim cup when it went to cedar rapids yep that was the biggest exactly or was it des moines i think it was des moines um was the biggest outdoor sporting event like because mm-hmm.
1: uh, it's the only thing
0: yeah it's the biggest thing that's ever gone. so i think that's like something that some of these mini tours hit on like a, yeah. especially the Dakota Store and what web events and like we see it in Idaho
1: the yeah. Idaho event always is packed right so back to the original question is kevin elwin is probably probably the best player that hasn't made it i just tweeted about him uh, he's he's been super helpful with the account he's gone 3 months and has not shot a score over par in a competitive event I mean, he's got. He sent. Uh, I think he has twenty four or twenty five, three two or three day wins. He doesn't count one day wins. Like he is. I mean, he is. And everyone that like I put the stat out about him, and I probably got the most messages or replies about like that he just needs the right opportunity. Like if he gets on there, if he gets on the web, he's gonna be fine. He just has to play well in December and October.
0: How much easier is getting the count? Yeah, I mean, definitely. Like running the account. Yeah, definitely
1: becoming easier. Uh, In in some ways easier because people send me stuff a lot. uh, But also, like, now I'm getting really obscure. I mean, one of my most popular tweets was from the Alps tour in Europe. I mean, that is, I mean, I knew of the tour, but that's pretty obscure. That would be a cool one to go (laughs) caddy on. Yeah, it would be. Yeah, it would. And they always go super low in that tour. Now that I've started to follow it more, I mean, they go, that was the one that like the guy was, I th- shot sixty two, sixty two, sixty three, in one by one or something like that.
0: I imagine the way the, your account, like what you do, has changed dramatically from yes. like just you know researching scores to now, Like you're you you're communicating with all these guys.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Uh, I, again, it's very surreal of like what this has become. Yeah, I mean, guys reach out to me of like try to find Mondays. They can't find the Monday or like a contact person uh, for the Monday. Um, I used to have to try to track down uh, like the PJ section to help me with information on the playoff. Now most of them just reach out to me. It's like I have too many people sending me information from the Monday uh, (laughs) playoff. Um, Yeah, I mean, there's definitely advantages to having it more. But again, there's so much content, um, you know, it's like, now I have to pick through it, and people who have followed for a long time who have sent me stuff. I was like, "Yeah, you know, I'll I'll try to get to it." So, um, yeah. I mean, it's again, it's crazy that it's got to this point. Crazy.
0: Yeah, it's 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 really cool. I mean, I I'm a big fan of the account, and uh, I think you're you're doing something smart. So sponsors exemptions are always like a a hot topic. Yes, they and are. I'm curious what if you were if you were the if you were in charge of picking out sponsors exemptions sure. for an event, what what would you? How would you fill the four spots?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think exemptions used used to be and and should be, you know, save for guys who. Uh, I'll use a. I just talked to a guy named Tom Workmeister who's on the senior tour, was like had a decorated amateur career and now like gave it up to yeah. Yeah, from Michigan. Yeah, from Michigan. He's from Grand Rapids. Yeah, I mean, like, won the Michigan Open as an. Is he a-
0: on the Senior Tour now? Yeah, oh, I mean, he, well, he got
1: no, he's he's chasing Mondays. He finished like twelfth at final stage, so he gets like into Monday. He doesn't have to do pre cues.
0: Let me ask you a real quick question first. Sure. I, somebody told me this. In order to play Monday cues on the Senior, do you have to be a professional?
1: Yes. You. I think you. You as an amateur, you can go through pre queue But you can you can advance into,
0: but you can't play Mondays. Right? Yeah, Mondays are
1: even like the Senior Tour is the most closed tour. Like, we we always say I always ask like Kyle guys that grounded for a long time, Kyle Thompson, Ed Lord, like, hey, are you gonna do it at fifty? And they're like, it's the hardest tour in the world to get onto. There's Mm -hmm. five spots every year. Yeah, and they don't care. They don't want. People like they don't Tom
0: Werkmeister. They or, don't want Ken Tanigawa. <laughs> they, do they don't not. want the assassin. No,
1: no, they don't. They don't want Ed Lore. No offense to Ed. They just don't want him. They want, you know, the Marco Miras and wait till Tiger turns fifty and that's how they sell the tour. Like they don't they don't want him. Like a guy that I've caddied for before, Greg Kraft, you know, made it. They don't want Greg Kraft. But um
0: Ironically, I I think it's fascinating that a lot of the guys that didn't have
1: huge success on the PGA yes. tour have huge success on the senior tour. Yeah, and I think that, the, especially the champions, does not a great job of selling, like what a story Scott Perel is or yeah. Ken, you know, or like those are crazy stories. I mean, Scott Perel is the ultimate grinder. There will never, I <laughs> don't think, there will be anyone that can last and have the as long as he hasn't have the success that he's had now. It's insane. I mean I guess Lanny was laying into him. <laughs>
0: oh really? On the, on the on the telecast last oh, week. Cuz he cuz
1: he, he lost the lead. <laughs> he was
0: like, "Oh, he just doesn't know how to win." You yeah. know, he he's uh, he, you know, Lanny was pulling the
1: like, "Oh, he's he oh. he's not like me" card on <laughs> yeah. him. Yeah. Oh, I mean like the guy, I mean, was a computer programmer, but it's so anyway, back to the Monday qualifier. I mean, even the Monday qualifiers at Champions are are closed door. So, you had to fi- you have to finish in the top 20 at final stage just to be able to skip pre-qs like i mean in pre-qs like ken duke is in pre pre-qualifiers for seniors no way yeah so I mean, it's that like
0: i shot the best round in me and uh <laughs> players yes in yeah, history
1: yeah gotta play a pre-q so I, I think i think it's ken duke but i mean like if you go to a pre-q for champions there's like plenty of guys that are like na- you know recognizable names because they didn't finish in the top whatever final stage so yeah i mean uh so tom workmeister uh, is a perfect example of like you know it's a closed door out there he's like had a decorated amateur career and he's chasing mondays every monday and doing his job he has a marketing job that he does from the road
0: that's i mean that's i think one of the things we'll see with the way that the world's changing is like so many more people are remote with work yeah i think about it now like i just moved to the suburbs like being able, like now I can actually like not being in the city, I can actually go hit golf balls. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I right. could go hit golf balls every morning and yep. be home and working at eight in the morning. Yep. And it's, that's like, a, you know, an unbelievable change, but that's like what remote work yes. can do now for people.
1: Yep. I agree.
0: It's uh, so I think we're going to see more and more Scott Perrells, more Ken Tanagawa's, more, uh, workmeisters
1: Yeah. I mean, obviously the, the, the thing that slows players down all the time across any is financial. I mean, Tom Workmeister is a perfect example, is like he can't afford it. He's got guys from his club that, you know, supporting him. So that's always been the avenue that stops most players. It's generally not talent. It's they're running out of money. I mean, you know, to have a full mini tour season, you need a lot of money.
0: What, do you have a gauge on costs of like what? What's a, and I think this is something that people are always fascinated about. Is like what's the cost of a guy with no status? What's the cost? You know, maybe escalate it up.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it depends on what tour you play. But I, I'll use uh, I'll use Matt Ryan as an example. He said so. There's uh fifteen he's on Latin America. He's on Latin America. It's probably the most expensive tour out there. Can- Canada's pretty close. Um Matt spends $2,000 roughly a week to play. And I mean $2,000 you have to finish top 15 to yeah. break even. So, I mean, he's losing money. The the top five guys might make a little uh the and rest that
0: doesn't of, even include like insurance no no that like could, that doesn't include rent like no. all of your living costs yeah he's
1: ta- he's talking uh you know merely getting there, playing a week room, pay a caddy, you know those kind of things i mean it's two thousand dollars and that's a small part of his season, it's not even half of his season. You have Q school 5,000, you know, generally a lot of guys that I know that play a mixture of mini tours, Monday qualifiers, I look around $50,000 in costs per year. And that doesn't include, you know, rent, all those kind of things. So
0: as I, I generally will say is is that you need a hundred grand to really give it a shot.
1: Yes. Yeah. And, and I mean, most of these guys, don't make, even if they cash a big check, they have sponsors and most of it goes back to their sponsors. So they have some sort of ladder, meaning like if they make less than $10,000, 80% goes back to their sponsors, 20% goes to the player. If they make above 15, you know, 70, 30, 60, 40, so on and so forth. And then they have some sort of multiplier that ends the relationship. So that's, there's a lot of different agreements among sponsors but that's the most popular one I've, I've been I, I
0: do these this flashback Fridays for shotgun and start I found some obscure things like Kenny Perry yeah his deal with the guy that gave backed him the last time he qualified um well he hadn't qualified so the guy that backed him was a Lipscomb. Oh really? Grad, yeah, yeah, and he he donated like three percent of his career earnings to Lipscomb. The deal was like three <laughs> percent of your earnings go to Lipscomb. You yeah. don't pay me back, right? Pay, and so there is like a Kenny Perry scholarship at Lipscomb. Oh my gosh, he I went didn't to, know that story. Yeah, and then and then you've got like guys like Ben Silverman. Yep, I that I was started reading about Ben Silverman. He has a crazy story with like just this random guy who yeah, backed yeah. him. Like he did, yeah. his parents were like skeptical
1: of it. Uh, I mean, Luke Luke Quan is a great story. In, in itself but uh he was so he went to Oklahoma tried it for a year ran out of money, lost his citizenship w- was working as a forkcaddy anyway had to get his citizenship in New Zealand got citizenship started a YouTube channel about golf and found sponsors through a YouTube channel and then just won on pj Tour China like a couple weeks ago but so back to the financial part. It depends. So I use Steve LeBron as a perfect example of how many tours you just can't make it. I mean, Steve LeBron won every other event in the minor league tour. I think he's got 76 career wins, but then he has five co-wins. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Darkness shortened co-wins. Right. Yes. I mean, (laughs) So Steve is a perfect example of... So he's staying at home. The minor league tour is a tour that you can stay at home. And... I interviewed him after uh, his 61 or 62 at final stage the last day. And he said, I'd like to tell you I was making it, but I wasn't making it. You know, he had credit cards maxed out trying to get to the BGA tour. And so if he's not making it on the minor league tour, meaning he's not making money, you can understand what all the rest of those guys are going through.
0: Yeah. And think of it like this is the guy that you'd see in a field in a minor league event. And you'd be like, well, like probably going to finish second if I play the best round of my life. Yep. This is the guy, like, this isn't the best
1: player at your club. This is the best player in South Florida that's not on a a major tour. Exactly. I mean, and, you know, he was like, hey, I'd play, you know, I'd win a couple times, so we'd pay a couple bills, but then I'd have, you know, three events where I had to pay the entry fee and and I didn't play well, and I, you know, I mean, it was kind of, it was definitely a wake-up call of, like, if Steve LeBron is not making it on the minor league tour, staying at home and dominating—I mean, truly dominating—no one is making it on the tour. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, the cost is ridiculous. I mean, Q school is five thousand dollars. So, I mean, you're looking at fifty thousand dollars, like you said, a hundred thousand dollars to give yourself a chance is probably fair. Um, China's actually one of the cheaper ones is about $1000 a week and the and the money's good. Canada's super expensive. And any mini... I mean chasing mondays uh Ben Griffin has status so his Monday Q entry fee is only 100 bucks, I believe. And he's like I spend 1000 to 1200 every week just to get to a Monday qualifier.
0: It it seems like China and in, in Asia is a, a road less traveled, but one that more guys should explore because Definitely, like, I yeah. know like Barry Henson yep. is a, you know, guy we interviewed on shotgun start and he, he does well over there. Yep. Like, I mean, he lives in Thailand. Yep. I mean, but that's the hard thing. You're, you're uprooting your whole life.
1: Yeah. I mean, to Asia, China. I mean, John Caitlin is a, is a good, uh good story. I mean, he went over there. He did nothing here. Uh, went over there and played on the developmental Asian tour, which is underneath the Asian tour won twice, got his Asian tour card, won three times last year, and now has, you know, European status. So, uh, I mean, it's definitely a way to go, especially China. China has, like, really good from the standpoint of, of like, the tour does a good job of keeping costs down. So, you know, Joe gunderman, who I, uh, like, kind of followed through his season, is, it's like it's about 1000 bucks a week, and the money's better than the prize money. Is better than Latin America and China, but more and more guys are going over there because the secret's kind of out that it's you know the best way, a better way to go.
0: And uh, what what do you think about like so? Obviously, a big change with the PGA Tour was going to where Q School doesn't get you on the tour, but Euro European Tour still gets yeah. you up to tour. So you know, Q School used to be you get up, you qualify, you get up to the tour. And now you go to the Web. So European Tour Q School still structured so that you go straight to the European tour you you know is that a trend because of Brooks Koepka's su- success and Peter Uline and you know Sam Horsfeld now
1: yeah I'm surprised that more guys don't go over there because of that you know I really am I mean especially after their success you know they kind David of Lipsky's another one yeah yeah I mean Kurt Kitayama yeah like the those guys have had success, and I'm surprised that we don't. You definitely see more. You know, a lot of guys went over and didn't get through this year. Definitely first stage, second stage is filled with more Canadians and Americans than I've than I've seen before. Like Wittenberg went over there. A bunch of guys went over there this year. They just didn't get through. So maybe it's just the fact that they're not playing well. I'm surprised that they second stages match up. So a lot of guys have to make a choice. Like Jack McGuire had to make a choice this year. Uh, A couple other guys that I can't remember, like, got through first stage at both spots, but second stages match up, which I'm surprised they don't, you know, separate them. So, like, you can play both.
0: All right, that'll do it for part one with uh, Ryan French from Monday Q Info. Uh, Tune in for part two later this week, and we will dive more into the U.S. Open and sectionals and the... A little bit more about the obscure players that you'll see next week and their stories. You've been listening to the Fried Egg
1: Podcast. We do the digging for you.